everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. this special episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, it's the end of season five. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, yeah, and it's been an uh, interesting season for sure. I think we started the season in January. So, we've been at it a while now. Yeah, it's always good to take a break, don't you think? I I miss I miss when we take breaks, but um at the same time it it does give you a little bit of a breather to sort of see the direction for next season and get all of that organized. So, even though it's a break from people hearing us, uh, there's still a lot going on, so it's not a break from everything. True, yeah. I mean, we'll, we get, we do have uh, a few things happening during the off-season, I guess. Uh, uh, do we want to talk about that, or we can't say anything about that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess we'll just uh, save that till we open Season 6. That'll okay. give them something to look forward to. Okay, so we'll just say, whoa, <laughs> sorry, we're having a thunderstorm here, and uh, apparently it's thundering. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. heard that, but it scared the crap I did. out of me. <laughs> I think the universe is, you know, kind of sad that uh, this is the last episode for a bit. Yeah, so we'll probably return in early June, I think is the plan. Um, but I think that's what we worked out in the schedule. <clears throat> and, uh, um, yeah, yeah, so everyone stay calm because it's only just a few weeks without us. Right. And right yeah. well, we have, what, 80 episodes that you can go back and listen to? This will actually be episode 80. Yeah. 80 episodes. Wow. I mean, that's really pretty cool. Have there been any, like, standout episodes this season for you? There have been a lot, really, um, for different reasons. I really enjoyed the catch-up episodes, um, just because it was nice. I guess it's kind of like we started a story and then... It just ends. So with the catch-ups, it was like, you know, kind of seeing yeah, where like, the story left off. And, yeah. and it doesn't have to end. It's like continuing. Right, kind of like full circle in some cases, I guess. Yeah. Or so. a continuation of, because a lot of them will continue. I'm sure uh, we'll have updates from some of them. I know we're planning on. Sure. I mean, hopefully everyone continues. Um, 
Although, if anyone heard the rumor I was dead, uh, I am not. Um, what is that about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, really. Um, someone on Facebook, a former student, said that um, someone at Walmart told him that uh, I was dead. I had died. and. Uh, How did this person at Walmart know that you had died? Well, according to my student, several people had told the person at Walmart Really? That I passed away, and um, so the student was, you know, quite upset and crying, and his his mom was in a panic because I was very close with her as well. Wow. The drama, you know, drama student, and uh, she was a drama mom, drama mama. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, this was recently? Was, yeah, that was today. Oh, actually. wow. That is so bizarre. I know. So I'm like, well, surprise. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> I wonder how that rumor got started. I don't know, but at any rate, uh, I'm glad that it is only a rumor. <laughs> Me too, because this would be a really awkward conversation if it wasn't. Well, you'd be talking to yourself. <laughs> or I'd be like, who the hell is this? <laughs> Well, um, I'm pretty sure you would let the listeners know if that were to happen, so. Well, I mean, given the fact that I'm talking to you on the phone, then, you know, that would be really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could, like, say you're part of the conversation, but. That's true, yeah. It would be, you know get a response back but you can pretty much imagine what i'd say anyways after all this time right uh, yeah. i wouldn't be the same without you so uh you could just be like you know say my right. little lie what know, i hear like, you saying is yes <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i think Besides the standout episodes, you know, of, of the catch-ups, because I, I really, like I said, enjoyed those. Um, the ones that we've done about weight loss, um, those yeah. were also really interesting to me. Yeah, with Dr. Cheryl and, uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name. What is her name? The woman who joined us on that episode. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Teresa. Was it, Teresa? Was it? <laughs> I don't know. i got to look it up now. So. Yes, you have to look it up now because um, it's probably not Teresa. Uh, uh, um, Jeannie Seely, also a great one. Uh, Foodsmith. Myth information. Yeah. Was the title Tessa Edge? That was her name, not Teresa. Okay, I was very close. Yes, you were. Yes, yes. So Tessa, Um, we apologize. Well, we're gonna cut that part out. (laughs) No, we're not. We're gonna leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) I'm just gonna say I was really close, and I meant Tessa. Yes, Uh, it's just Teresa came out. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know. it was, um, and then we had Charles Myrick as well, um, you know, as we look at the whole weight loss kind of series that we had. 
Uh, that was was that this season or was that like earlier? I'm pretty sure it was this season. Oh, I'm kidding. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. We did have uh, so we had countywide. We had Dr. Cheryl the first time. <clears throat> Charles. Yeah, and the first time we had her, we had Charles. Um, in a separate episode, and then we yes. had the. Uh, what is his name? Star Wars guy, um, Roy Ross. Yes. yes. Yep. And then Pickleball. Uh, Jeff Rasley. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then Mike and Margie, which was a cute story. You know, might as well say, like, that story, um, it has gotten, like, 2,000, um, you know, views just about that story. Mm-hmm. It's it's the highest one um, as far as that goes. What and it was a really interesting episode. Yeah. Then we talked to David Leathers from Foodsmith. Uh, also. Oh yes, I love that one too. Yeah. Um, because you know it's a unique way of um, looking at. Uh, how you can dine in at your own home. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, someday we get to uh, do that. With yes, we definitely want to. Yeah. To experience that. It'd be cool to have him come to Kentucky if possible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we talked to John Barry. We did, and he has a fascinating, really inspirational story. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really pretty interesting guy and very, very, very sweet, very nice guy, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, makes you feel uh, very comfortable in talking to. And yep. he, yeah, he's very positive. I, you know, I just really enjoyed that interview a mm-hmm. lot. And but, he has a really nice singing voice, too. Yeah. No, I forgot to mention that when we talked to David Leathers from Foodsmith, uh, we had Corey, Corey Taylor with us on that episode as a guest host. We did. Um, Was that like our first one that we did that way? I don't remember. Um, wasn't, yeah, I, wasn't that the one where we were supposed to have somebody else on? But uh, uh, No, um... We we were supposed to have Corey. Um, oh. We we had a we have had now two guest hosts, I believe, because we later had Christy Conley when we had Wes Miller on. Uh, yep, that was the next one after uh, John Barry. We had Wes Miller and uh, Christy sat in on that one with us, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, just even a more backstory is for Wes Miller. You know, he's uh, many things: attorney, a writer, uh, director. Right. And um, he directed Bruce Willis, and uh, one of these, as we now know, Bruce Willis has decided, you know, to give up acting, for, and um, so he really had the privilege there working with him and directing. Yeah, one of, one of his last films. Yeah, 
Do uh, what was wrong? What happened to him? We ha he has some neuro neurological thing going on or something. Uh, Not Wes, uh, uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, that was kind of out of order, I guess. That could we don't want to like mislead anyone. Um. Yeah. So. Is, is it a, ataxia or something like that? Yeah, um, I don't know. Or aphasia? It's an A word. <laughs> at, at any rate, it, it's where people have like trouble with speech. I, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based huh. on a neurological. Okay. Like, sometimes a stroke or brain injury or something like that can, right. can cause it. But, I, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of reasons. So, um, at any rate, you know, he's had a, Bruce Willis has had, um, a pretty interesting career, yeah. Yes, outstanding career. And yeah. so it's, um, I, I, we can only imagine that it'd be really, um, just uh, really great to work with him. Um, yeah. And then after that episode, we talked to Jeannie Seeley, which uh, she's pretty, wow. pretty awesome in her own right. Uh, well, there you go. Another person who's had an outstanding career and is just, you know, continues to yeah. do all these amazing things. Um, 60, 60 plus years. Yeah, that's uh, quite an accomplishment. And she was also so um, gracious and just a, a really, I don't know, fascinating storyteller about her life. Um, oh, I, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. talking with her a lot. <laughs> yeah, her uh, story about the about the car was pretty cool. <laughs> when yes, she that was a great car. question that you had <laughs> to prompt that. Um, you know, I would have never guessed it, but she she's a smart lady business wise and yeah uh, you know just all but also extremely talented and I just um what I took away from that a lot is just that motivation you know she just is motivated to and we we've had a, a few guests like that that are yeah I would you know, say always thinking and always planning and always doing yeah yeah uh, i guess it just goes to show you if you do what you love you never work a day right uh, that's famous words there yeah uh after that we had uh that was the one where we had dr cheryl on again and tessa and tessa right yes. <laughs> And that was also very interesting because we learned a lot of things that that maybe we've heard throughout life were not um, medically true. <laughs> right, yeah. There were uh, some good tidbits in there for sure. Yep. And then we went through all the catching up episodes with, uh, oh, who did we have on? Corey and Jeremy Bryant and John Jonathan. Yep. And Drew, yeah, and, and Dean Whitaker, uh, yeah. Let's see, Kim and do, 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 Drew and somebody else. 
Tamara. <laughs> yep, Tamara. Sorry. Uh, yep, Tamara. And then uh, we got into the more well-known people, I would say. Um, not yes. that, Not that those people are not well-known in the area, but, uh, you know, we talked to Preston Taylor and Bill Allen and, uh, and uh, Pamela Hopkins and... Kate. Kate, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. And then finally last week we talked to... Rick Cosnett. Yeah, yeah, Kristen, Kristen Renton. Renton. Yeah. Yes. Those yeah. were all amazing, too. Um, Catch-ups. Because, uh, you know, we talked to them at different points of COVID and, and how that was affecting, you know, several of them had projects that started or right. were completed right before COVID started. And they thought they're going to have a release. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're put on hold for two years. Right. So yeah. um, it was just great to catch up now that things are opening back up and, you know, hear what's going on. And, of course, to hear Rick's accent is always <laughs> the best for me. So. He's always so fun to talk to. He... Oh, well, I mean... What I love about him, besides the accent and the eyes, and, you know, all these things, I, is he is just so real. Like, I mean, he's someone that just, like, will tell you. I mean, he's an open book. He'll just, like, you ask him a question, and he'll just tell you, like, all the, all these, you know, juicy tidbits. And yeah, thoughts yeah. And... I think that's why it's fun to talk to him, because he's he is so open and, you know. I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy the other ones. I mean, uh, again, they all stand out for one reason or another. Um, uh, well, they're all very personable. Like, Preston cracked me up. Yeah, he, yeah. He, like, takes the real things of COVID and all these experiences of the pandemic. And, like, you know, he puts it into a real funny... He puts a real funny spin on it all, so... Uh, I like him for that a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, Bill Allen there is a romantic with that McDonald's, was it McDonald's story and the drive through and all of that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, get, we get some good ones for sure. Oh, and Drew. I mean, I, you know, Drew's our youngest. I have to say Drew Farmer. He's our youngest guest that we've had. Yeah. And, you know, he's just like, he's like an old soul in a way, you know. He's just like, it's like talking to a more mature person. Yeah. But, you know, then he still has that younger person, like, feel as well. I just love him. He's so polite. and. Didn't he, um... What happened with him recently? Yes, I saw he's, some... uh, he's gotten signed to um, an agent now. So he's going to be, um, you know, probably we're going to be seeing a lot more of him in uh, acting and on uh, print and uh, billboard type, you know, print oh, cool. projects. Cool. Because he has, like, you know, a really good, he's very photogenic. Yeah. So, um 
here, I, I think. And he has a good work ethic and just a good head on his shoulders. So I think he's going to do well. I'm so yeah. so happy that we got a chance to talk to him because, you know, who knows in the future right. he'll be like. We knew him walk. way back when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How old is he now? Is he, He's like 13 now, isn't he? Or? I, wasn't it? Um, he, he said, um, I think so. And he's going to. He was having the Stranger Things party, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, he, his celebrity crush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Hope. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it would be cool if he was able to do that. But, uh, you know. Right. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, that was uh, last season. I mean, I enjoyed it. As I enjoy them all. Um, I can say though that the. You know the catch up episodes were. Challenging. In that you know recording all those people. Uh, was a challenge. <laughs> for sure. Scheduling them was a challenge. Yeah. yeah as sure. well. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're in different time zones. And um, they're really busy now. And Right. To, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, like trying to herd cats. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So. And, and the numbers are showing that the, the listeners really, you know, they really like those episodes. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say on the whole, uh, the podcast is doing pretty well. Um I think we posted in the Facebook group about the, you know, we're in 39 countries and, I don't know, however many states. Uh, maybe it wasn't 39. Maybe it was 29 countries and 30-something states. I forget the numbers exactly. But, uh, you know, I can remember back when, uh, you know, we thought 20 downloads was a huge number. <laughs> so. And it was uh, originally. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we but have... I, I love the, the way we're picking up listeners and new countries. That's amazing, too. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that brings us to what people can look forward to in season six when we do come back. Um, I feel it my, you know, global duty to... Um, you know, say hello to a different country. <laughs> um, Are you actually going to do that? You've been threatening yeah, to yeah. Uh, learn how to say hello in all these different languages. So. Well, I mean, hopefully some of the countries will speak English. And you know, <laughs> just be like, hello, England. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll like put an accent on or something. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to try that. So. Sure, why not? Yeah. And so, the country uh, of the of the week is. <laughs> yes, you can even put that in the group, and yeah. you know people can look forward to me saying hello in that language. I there mean, you go. <laughs> yeah. The hell with new new theme music and all that. We're gonna introduce. Cat uh, says hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I want to be friendly to all our new countries 
there's a lot of them, so I think you better get started in the off season. Yeah, I'll be right on it. I already have been. I learned to say hi already. And I'll I'll do it in for all the different states. <laughs> Howdy. Yeah. Howdy, hey y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you, you are an overachiever. Uh, so. I know. I, I just, you know, where do I come up with these ideas? <laughs> that is solidarity. <laughs> is willing to take on the states. Um, yeah. Kind of like puts my little saying hello in the countries, you know, like. No, I don't want to upstage. Overshadows my work. No, no, no. I don't want to overshadow your, you know, your new, uh endeavor here but uh you know if, if i know the dialect from a certain state you know then maybe i'll throw that in there as well you know in the theater we call that upstaging but i'm just saying oh <laughs> well <laughs> far far <laughs> be it for me to upstage you <laughs> i will look forward um to hearing your accent all right well, uh, so we have a guest this week, don't we? We do. Um, an exciting one, really, too, I think, in this season five. Um, she is from another country. She was born in another country mm -hmm. and um, moved to the U.S. at a very young age. And really fascinating story of how she has worked really hard um, at acting and she has a really long career on TV mm -hmm. and now uh, amazing movie that she's going to tell us about. Cool. And her name is? Are you ready to introduce her and um, say goodbye to to our listeners for season five. I think so. All right, you guys, we'll be back in June. So, yep. uh, you know, listen to those 80 episodes. And for now, let's enjoy Amy Chang. Amy, I am so excited to have you as our guest on Backstory Sessions today. I want to welcome you. We're really excited to hear all about this new movie and also your backstory of how you got there. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, um, so this new movie in a New York minute uh, started pre-pandemic. Uh, and so it's just releasing this year, May 3rd. So, um, do, what's it like, you know, starting something and, and kind of finishing it, and then the pandemic hits and you're, like, delayed for a couple of years? Yeah, it was definitely, um, I, I, so the, the festival circuit was amazing. Um, it was really great to be able to be a part of seeing the film's reaction in person back in the day, um, right before the pandemic. Um, so we, we did a lot of um, promoting um, going to like the Newport Beach Film Festival and um, the 
um, Asian American International Film Festival, and also it screened in Vancouver. And um, the audience reception, just to hear, be able to like get that live feedback, um, was uh, really encouraging and inspiring. And then being able to do like the Q and As, so we had. I felt like we had like all this great momentum going on, and then <laughs> bam, <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously there was a the whole a holding pattern there and um we weren't sure what was going to happen with that and so to have it kind of get like a second life now to have this opportunity to share it with more people um has just been such a um a, a burst of like positive energy and um for me personally like it's just uh, made me feel like a little more myself again. Um, I think, you know, like so many other people, um, this pandemic has just been really hard emotionally, mentally, um, spiritually. And um, uh, I think a lot of people were going through what I was going through in terms of just kind of questioning, like, what is going on in the world? What is going on in my life? What am I doing? <laughs> you know, and, and then to like kind of have this kind of give me um a little more like put me back on my path of like oh yes this is what this is one of the things that I love about being an actor and and being able to share our stories with people um is it's just been yeah such a boon to me uh, personally um and then also like I think to my family and friends because I had um people who had reached out to me when we were doing the festivals and they were like when are we going to be able to see this and now i'm actually able to give them an answer be like hey it's going to be available on all these platforms and you can watch it from home and so that's been um that's been really exciting as well <laughs> so uh when it first happened did you think okay uh you know this may delay it a month or two um or so at what point did you know like you know, this is going to be a while. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think after we we did the festival circuit, I expected there to be, you know, up to a year maybe. Um, I actually wasn't sure, like, how how that part manifested because um, I, I think, like, the uh, Mandy, the director, she mainly, and um, Wayne Lynn, uh, the producer, um, and a, a bunch of the other you know, decision makers, I think we're working behind the scenes, but um, we, the actors weren't as involved on that level. So um, I, I just kind of was like in a holding pattern. I expected that they would update us once they had more information. And then when things started happening with the pandemic, it was like, okay, I, I bet this is just going to slow everything down. And so um, it was uh, a couple, I think I want to say at the end of last year, beginning of this year that, um, they started reaching out to me and being like, hey, um, we're, we're, we're trying to get this deal through for um, video on demand, VOD, and uh, it, it looks like things are going to be starting to pick up again and, and move forward. And so then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, yay, it is, it is continuing because I wasn't sure, you know, and I think, right. um, I, I mean, I, I remember feeling really good about this film uh, all, just even in the initial before we started filming when I had seen the breakdowns just the the fact that this was um a, a unique story I think for for that time um about like three Asian female leads like that wasn't something that came across every day um and uh so even back then I already knew that there was something special about this film and then once we were doing the festivals I was like okay this is definitely a, a project that's going to go somewhere because I think you know like um 
I'm, I'm not sure how familiar your audience might be with the festival circuit, but um, it's, it's, it's a tough run. Like um, films uh, might be really creative and, and really stand out, but it's, you know, you're competing with so many other amazing projects that you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, so there, you know, there, there was like the optimism and the hope, but also like trying to <laughs> temper that with, with like reality too, you know, and not wanting to get too um, excited about something. So I, I, I wasn't sure um, I had hoped. And then I was very grateful when it seemed, when it did progress. <laughs> So this is this movie is the concept is based on a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, had you read this short story before? No, I wasn't familiar with it. Um, the first time that I, I heard that it was based on a short story was was from the director herself. Right. Um, it's uh, you know it makes me uh, want to read the short story because I, I found it fascinating mm-hmm. and so it focuses on the three women um, as you were saying um, and it's kind of ironic you know that the one is a food critic but she develops the eating disorder um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away of the plot but um, you know there's a lot of like things like that throughout and uh, I, I guess it leaves me wondering, like, so does love mess life up or um, <laughs> at least complicated? Oh, man, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's your take on that? Um, I think love can complicate life, of course. But um, I think it's also how you how you choose to solve the puzzle of love, right? Like if you choose to open yourself and yourself up and be vulnerable and accept it, or if you close yourself off and, and, and deny yourself that love. Um, so I, and I think also this story talks about like all the different types of love, familial love, um, uh, relationship love like with a with a partner um, and then also just um, love of yourself um, so yeah I think I think it's it, it it love makes the world go round right like it uh, it is complicated but it also um, is what makes life worth living uh, I, I mean there's so many things written like that like love is a many splintered thing <laughs> right. so, but you know then there's love hurts <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it really is like a, a complicated part of our lives and um, your character tell us about her and how uh, how you prepared did you draw on life experiences or how did you prepare to play her yeah um, so I remember when I saw the breakdown for my character's name is Amy Chen, C-H-E-N, and my name is Amy Chang, C-H-A-N-G. So I was already kind of like, huh, well, that's interesting right there. Yeah, um, we're doing what you did there. <laughs> you. <laughs> but um, I remember being really drawn to this character because, um, so she is a, an American-born Chinese. She was born in, in San Francisco um, to immigrant parents. Um, for myself, I uh, was born in Taiwan, but my family moved to the U.S. when I was about four, and uh, we lived in Kansas. Uh, so <laughs> that, at that time, uh, even though I, I was born in another country, like I very much felt 
like I grew up in America and that I was American. And so I think, um, and, and my parents really encouraged me to, um, to embrace American culture and, and, um, beliefs and ideals. Um, so in that respect, like I definitely related to Amy Chen because, um, she, it has has had a similar background with that but at the same time um essentially first generations um we first generational kids we um have to balance you know the cultures of our families where we came from but also the american culture and i think this is a predominant struggle for amy and i definitely related to that um you know she she believes in being independent she's this you know, strong career woman. She's successful food editor. She's been published. Um, but at the same time, she still has this feeling that she's letting her parents down somehow because in her case, um, she's not in a stable relationship. You know, she hasn't been married and she hasn't given them children. And <laughs> I've definitely gone through that experience with, with my, um, my parents as well. Um, so I, I definitely drew a lot on my own personal experiences with that. And then in terms of like the food, um, so she's a food editor uh, and I, I, like so many actors, have gone into the restaurant and catering world. <laughs> and being in New York, especially, um, we are blessed with uh, having um, these, uh, well, you know, again, pre-pandemic, but um, <laughs> a, a lot of... Um, uh, amazing food uh, experiences. Uh, so, so like with restaurants and, and catering, we would. I used to work with a lot of um, big events and had a lot of exposure to all sorts of different amazing cuisines. Um, so, I brought my appreciation and experiences from that into her character as well. So, if you were to have developed um, eating disorder, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you in your real life, um, you know, how would that have impacted you personally? Yeah. Um, so, I think um, you know, I, I'm I'm really uh, inspired with how much more conversation there is now about mental health and. Um, about women and their uh, our um, perceptions of ourselves. I think you know, especially when I was in when I was a teenager and in my twenties, um, I uh, definitely experienced that. This idea of um, what media um, has told us that is considered attractive and how you should be, and that can often manifest itself into eating disorder. So I've definitely been. Um, uh, have grown up with that kind of influence. And so um, I think um, that definitely informed um, how I chose to interpret that for Amy. And then also, um, you know, like the, everybody experiences stress in different ways. And for her, it was it was that she she couldn't eat anymore um, after her her recent breakup. Um, it just it reminded her too much. Um, of of what she had lost, um, and then uh, it just complicated her her relationship to her career as well. Um, so for me, I can understand there have definitely been times um, I've I've swung both ways. I would say in terms of uh, where I've stressed 
eaten been a stress eater like mm-hmm. i especially remember like in college for instance when i would stay up late nights and and um the way my body chose to respond to that was to eat more to like try to stay awake so i could finish that paper um but then uh, there were all, there were all also times when i would be very stressed and i i would forget to eat um so i think that's kind of a, a variation of that is kind of what happened with amy where she she was experiencing this um undealt with pain and trauma um and the way it manifested for her was that she um she couldn't eat anymore um did you get any feedback at the festivals like did people share the impact that that part of it had as they watched the film um not to me personally i'm not sure um, honestly, I think most people were responding to the cast uh, because it was it was a pr- primarily Asian American cast, Asian and Asian American, um, more so than about the eating disorder aspect of it in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people did respond to that, but just in in the format of the of the film festival, like when we did Q and A's, um, that that particular point didn't come up. Yeah, because it seems like it's it's not a talked about subject, you know, it's like it's still one of those um, hidden topics, I think, that right. people really just don't openly talk about. And especially um, if it comes from, you know, a breakup, because people, mm-hmm. I think, tend to trivialize, you know, well, okay, there's plenty of people out there. I mean, you hear that a lot of when people are trying to get you through a breakup. Um, so I, I just wondered if that had been. But mm. you, you do bring up a really interesting topic that I wanted to talk about, too, is what's it like to, you know, have an Asian, Asian-American cast um, put together and all these strong female characters um, so, so what is that aspect like? Because you don't see that a lot either. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but just um, seeing that in the breakdown that not just one, but three um, strong female characters. And I could see myself in a little bit in each of those. And I just happened to identify the most with Amy and also um for uh, for the language aspect, it was great to see because I think um, casting is and and media is still trying to find its way with uh, Asian and Asian American actors, right? Like I think we um, we've seen a lot of progress, which is uh, uh, which is wonderful, but um, we can still go further, right? <laughs> but right. Um, with that, uh, uh, a lot of times. Um, for me personally, um, there have been roles where they said must speak another language, right? Must speak another language fluently. Um, and again, going back to my personal upbringing, um, my parents were very much about me learning English and, and becoming American. And this idea of, of that involved learning English with, without an accent, right, for instance. And um, our, we didn't have, I didn't have the resources to learn Mandarin, which is um, my native language, um, fluently. And so it's been frustrating for me because it's like my parents didn't know that I wanted to be an actor when I got older, right? And, and, but a lot of the casting opportunities that come my way um, 
involve that. And so that was something that I, I was really grateful for with in a New York Minute was that um, in Amy's case, you see in the film that like a lot of um, uh, first generation kids, um, her, her mom will speak to her in, in another language in Mandarin um, and she'll respond in English. And that was definitely how that that is definitely how I interact with my dad. Uh, well, well, actually, in our case, it's kind of a mixture of like Chinese, Taiwanese, and English. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mishmash. It's so funny because um, sometimes uh, you know some of my friends who might be fluent uh, Mandarin speakers, for instance, they're like, "What are you saying when they overhear our conversations?" It's like its own language, you know. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, so just uh, that was something I appreciated about the film, and then, but it also did showcase like a lot, of, a, a lot of other variations of that. In the case of um, Nina, uh, the one of the other uh, lead characters, she's played by Celia Al. Um, she's a um, recent Chinese immigrant, um, and uh, her family runs a restaurant, and they predominantly speak to each other um, in, in Cantonese, I believe, um, and then. Uh, Angel, who is played by um, Yi Liu, is the, the third uh, female character, and she um, she speaks English with her um, Caucasian American um, husband, but then she speaks Mandarin with her um, her Chinese writer boyfriend. Uh, yes, by I, Ludi I Lin. found that interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, and it kind of shows, uh, I think. The different, the different ways we interact with people in our lives, with those we love, and what it like, how language plays a part in like understanding and misunderstandings. So, do you feel like that, that like there's certain roles that that Asian people are cast in? Like, are there stereotypes that still exist of you know an Asian person will be this or they can only play this tech role do you still see that or um I think unfortunately yes but I um on the positive side it, it is moving away from that I do see that the progress is being made and I'm optimistic about it um I would say you know uh stereotypes exist for a reason and some of it is based in truth. And the problem is when it becomes caricature and people assume that all people of a certain group um, are a certain way, right? right. That's, that's the issue. Um, so I think there are more well-rounded characters being written for Asian and Asian American actors. But I also want to say that like, uh, I, I think there are, some of us just want to, be actors, <laughs> period. Like not, it doesn't have to, like I've, I've been very fortunate that I've played roles where um, the, the director, um, the writer did not specify what um, ethnicity uh, and I, I, I am just a person, <laughs> just a person, right? right? But, um, and I think uh, that I, I hope one day that's how things will be for all groups, right? That we won't have to focus so much on uh, because because it becomes so fixated, so so specific that it it becomes exclusionary, exclusionary, which is the opposite of the the point of trying to be more inclusive, right? 
Um, but we have to work towards that. <laughs> We're not there yet. Um, but I hope one day that it'll just be that characters, amazing, interesting, fascinating characters will be written and anyone who is qualified will be cast in those roles, regardless of whatever demographic they might belong to. Right. Well, we, we can only hope that, you know, happens sooner rather than later. Because yes. that's beautiful <laughs> um, for, for, for that to happen, you know, like in everyday life as well. Just, um, so your parents, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about, you know, when did you decide you wanted to be an actress? <laughs> uh, so I, I like to joke that I, I think I was always an actress. I just didn't know that there was a name for what I was doing. Right. <laughs> um, I have uh, <laughs> I have pictures um, from like second grade where um, I remember we uh, we put on a, a play. I think it was like a fairy tale play. So it had all the you know main characters like um, Little Red Riding Hood and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Um, and I am dressed as some kind of fairy. <laughs> I don't know what character I was supposed to be. I think I made it up and they just want me. Um, but yeah, I'm wearing like this pastel tutu with wings and I, I have no idea what character I was supposed to be, but um, they let me and I was happy doing it. Um, and we're going um, to say Tinkerbell. Okay. Okay. Sounds <laughs> good. I'll go with it. Um, and, uh, and then uh, when I was in middle school and high school, um, I played the flute and the violin um, and at the time, um, I mean, I love music, but looking back, I think I realized what I appreciated about um, being a, a, a musician was the performance aspect of it. I loved performing. Um, and But I think I was still very much of the mindset of being an academic, of, you know, making sure I did well in school so I could get into a good college. That was kind of like what was drilled into me. And it wasn't until I got to college that I kind of had more free, freedom to explore other aspects of myself. And um, so then I started, uh, I, I auditioned for like some of the student theater groups and um, some of the uh, films that the student filmmakers um, were shooting. And that was kind of my opportunity to like flex those muscles and be like, oh, actually, I really love this. This is what I want to do. <laughs> and so once um, I, I graduated from Brown, um, I had done an internship with uh, VH1 the summer before VH1. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I had come to New York um, and, and had a taste of it. And so when I graduated, I was like, you know what? Now is a good as time as any to like, you know, try to see, try my hand at this thing. So I moved to New York and started taking acting classes and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> So what did your parents, like, did they always think, you know, this is the trail she's going to go on? Uh, Or were they surprised when you said, you know, this is what I really love and think I want to do? Yeah, so that's a funny story. (laughs) Great. (laughs) The first couple of years when I was in New York, um, my my dad would be like, why are you living in New York? It's so expensive there. And isn't it dangerous? You know, um, he's in Georgia now. So it's, uh, you know, from the South and we lived in the suburbs and a very different world. And, um, and I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. Cause, uh, 
I'm in production and, you know, like this is where all the film and TV stuff is shot. So this is where I have to find work. And, you know, and so this went on for a couple of years. <laughs> and then finally one, uh, one year when I went back for um, Thanksgiving, I, uh, I sat him down and, and I, I was like, so dad, you know, um, the reason I have actually been in New York <laughs> is because I've been pursuing acting. And there was like this pause. My dad kind of looked at me and then he said, well, you know, I've always supported the arts. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you mean? <laughs> I was like, uh, no, 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 dad. I just, this never seemed crossed my mind that, that, that you supported the arts because so I think, um, you know, a lot of um, immigrant families, they, they come to us to, pursue the American dream and to make sure that their kids have a better life. And that was definitely what my parents did for me and my brother. And for them, what that translates to is a secure job with secure financial means so that you can live a happy life. Right. And, and, children. and, and children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Acting is wonderful in so many ways, but secure financial <laughs> stability <laughs> is not necessarily at the top of that list. <laughs> Especially in um, their eyes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so that was, that was a big, big, happy surprise. Um, but uh, so it's it's been it's been. I mean, I'm I'm so glad, obviously, <laughs> that I told him. Um, but it's uh, it's been it an interesting journey from there because you know he he he's very good about like wanting to be supportive but without um prying or pushing too much so he'll like ask me you know um how things are going and and just he's just like as, as long as you're happy and um, which i'm i'm so grateful for and i wish i had had more faith in him when <laughs> i was younker right. <laughs> <clears throat> so was... did you have a plan b no, I'm I'm not so much a plan B kind of person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. the motivation to make plan A work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so did were your parents uh I guess I guess I was curious if they have seen your work and you know, what was like were you with them like the first time that they saw you on TV or in a movie or any yeah um so they've seen some of my work and I think uh it, it's funny because um you know they're they're not as familiar with the uh all the aspects of the industry right like so like for me at being a part of a, a feature film that was making the festival rounds was was amazing, but he he didn't my dad didn't have a chance to see that, uh -huh. and so that doesn't um, it's not concrete for him right. Mm -hmm. Versus um, a few years ago, I um, had booked a, a major Dell commercial campaign, so that was uh, it was an international campaign. So there were posters of me in like an airport in Germany, for instance, <laughs> and I was a doctor. So I was playing a doctor. <laughs> so that was also a strong point in my favor. 
Um, but then also there were ads in like, I think the economist or, um, other, you know, major publications. Right. And so that was super exciting, uh, for him because he, he had essentially, he had proof he could show, he right. could show off like what his daughter was doing to his church friends, for instance. Look, look. Um, um, and I think that's ultimately, you know, yeah, he, he's proud of me and he, um, sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so he, he's, he's proud of me and, and he wants me to be happy, but, um, he, I think it's also a form of validation for him right. to be able to say like, okay, you know, we, we made these sacrifices for our children and, um, and it, it's, it's been worth it. I think, you know, is ultimately what he hopes for. What about your mom? Does she have any input for you? Yeah. Um, so my my mom actually passed away when I was in college. Oh, well, uh, sorry. yeah. No, that's okay. And um, yeah, I, I think about that often, though. I, I wonder how what she would think of what I'm doing, if um, how how she would feel about it. I I, I imagine, you know, um, if she could see see me now, <laughs> what that would be like. Um, but um she I'd like you. to believe she was always she was always a bit of an adventurer herself and a little uh, unconventional so mm. I, I think she would be um I, I don't know I want to say like she I think she would live a little vicariously through what I was doing <laughs> you know? yeah yeah well I'm sure she's I'm sure she is watching over you and uh you know it's proud of you as well thank you you're welcome um Okay, Kat, what's next? <laughs> yeah, so you let's talk about some um, TV roles that you play that are quite interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> so Law and Order, uh -huh. uh, Organized Crime, and then uh, FBI Most Wanted. So are you um, crime sleuth, you know, like <laughs> in real life? Are you like the person that puts together what really happened? as a like as a person myself yeah <laughs> yes, you're very, but, you like... know if there's if there's a mystery in the family of where you know where's something or who did something or whatever uh, are you the one that puts all the pieces together are you that yeah I, I wish I could say I was because I admire people who are like that like yeah. my husband is very much like that he's very analytical and logical and practical I am yeah. none of those things I am very <laughs> much like the opposite um I am kind of I am kind of um I, I he likes to say that sometimes it seems like I'm living in a different world <laughs> I'm a bit of a dreamer I I tend to be a little um uh, I don't want to use spacey because I feel like actors get a bad rap for that. And they're not spacey because I, I, I pride myself on being like very responsible and uh, conscientious. I try my best to um, be be considerate of other people and in, in people's time and energy. Um, but in like just in how I experience the world, I am very much... Um, I actually just said this this morning to him where I said, like, I feel like sometimes I don't know where my mind goes. Like, I'm just somewhere else. 
you know, <laughs> and I'm a very introspective and um, kind of person. Um, so yeah, I, I, as much as I admire people who are very um, good at finding the clues and solving the, the, the problem, I can play those characters, but I personally am not one of them. <laughs> so does it help you understand your husband a bit better as you're playing these roles in you know, where crimes being solved or you're you know, you're playing someone who's looking to solve a, a mystery. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I, I like that you put it that way because I think that's also what um, has always attracted me to acting is this opportunity to explore other people's lives, see the world through their eyes, and try uh, as best I can to um, uh, to embody that, right? And um you know, versus if I if I'm I'm just experiencing the world on my own, like just from my own perspective, um, I think I miss out on a lot of the colors and nuances um, of uh, of living, and and so being able to play these other kinds of characters um, helps me um, be more um, diplomatic, more um, compassionate towards my fellow human beings and I think ultimately I think like everybody should take acting classes and <laughs> yes, <laughs> explore I, other sides I of themselves that for sure yeah <laughs> hmm. so uh, I, I know our, we're running out of time but um, in the trailer for uh -huh. um, in a New York minute uh, there's a quote uh, where the character saying, you can have love or you can have freedom. Um, can you have both? Well, as my character said, and as I believe also, um, I think you can. And I think accepting love can offer you freedom. And I think in, in, from my own personal experience, that has definitely proven true where, um, you know, at, at times when I was afraid to be vulnerable and to open myself up to others, whether it's to friends or to my partner, um, when I trusted myself and trusted them enough to accept me for who I was, it gave me the freedom to, to be more fully myself. And I think that can translate to other aspects as well. But in, for me personally, that's, that's how that came about. So what do you hope that when this premieres or comes out May 3rd, uh, what do you hope people take away from it? Um, I hope that people find, I think there's something in this film for everyone to be able to relate to because of part of the strength of, um, of it having these three different women's stories and their three different um, looks into their personal lives um, and even though, um, you know, I've, I've been praising that it is uh, a strongly Asian, Asian American cast, um, I don't think this, the personal struggles that these women deal with um, have to be towards one um, particular demographic. I think this translates to anyone who is a human being. <laughs> we all have our personal struggle, struggles and uh, relationships and our hopes and our dreams and what we're fighting for and... Um, I think, uh, I hope people can see themselves or their friends and family in these characters and, um, and walk away knowing that they're not alone.
So what do you think the male audience will take away from it? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I haven't had that come up yet. All right. Um, yeah. Um, the male audience. Well, this kind of told from the, you know, the thoughts of the, or the perspective of the female characters. Right. The male, you know, they're integral to the plot, of course, but I, I wondered, um, you know, what, what will the male audience think? And I also wondered, like, what if this had been from the male perspective, um, which a lot of okay. movies are. Um, more right, so. that's. Excuse me, but it's, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I, I just uh, was agreeing with you that, uh, yeah, I think because we're so used to seeing so many male-dominated um, yes. films that having this female perspective um, can hopefully um, open the eyes of, of some of the male audience members, kind of like the the internal lives of, of some women, you know, that they might not, honestly, just might not think about, not that they're intentionally, like, excluding, but just not, it's not in their awareness, right? Um, so I'm hoping that it'll, it'll give them some food for thought. <laughs> to right, back to food. I think this would be good, you know, good place to pull you in, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <You> know. men... <laughs> Men are, men are clueless. From perspectives, you know, <laughs> are you open to like understanding women better? <laughs> uh, I think I think it's the goal of every man is to understand women better for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, but you know, on the other side of that, it's been I don't know how many you know since the beginning of time. And we still don't know very much at all. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe the a little. Continues. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little this bit. This may more. be the movie to do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're basically um, and, all clueless. <laughs> uh, but while we're on the topic of of the female strong cast, um, I also want to highlight the 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 crew as well. We had an amazing uh, team of. Um, female-led um, uh, heads of the department. So um, Meg Lynn, our cinematographer, um, was phenomenal. Um, and I don't know, um, when you have a chance to to see the entire film, you'll, you can see that each of the women's stories are shot in a different um, design. And, and that's thanks to our uh, production team and our cinematography team. Um, and it's just it just creates a really... Um, even if you don't know the language for that, uh, it, I think it definitely creates a, a subconscious level of difference between the three women. And it kind of like separates, but also un unites all three stories, um, which I, I, I didn't realize that was happening <laughs> when we were shooting it. But after the fact, um, I, I, uh, that was something that I really appreciated, just like the, the creativity of um, Shiman Lee, who the director who we knew as Mandy, um, and and her team to to have these different elements within the film. Well, I'm glad that you you pointed that out because definitely there's so many people, um, like you said, that it may even be just subconsciously that we're enjoying something and we don't even think about like, you know, why is it that we, 
like this part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, wow, I didn't realize the whole, you know, I didn't realize it was like totally female um, produced, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, we, we were very grateful for the male members of our team as well, but it was, it was a nice um, bonus, I would, I guess, I would say to to have. It was something different um, to yeah. have all of these heads of department be be female. Hmm. Great. Interesting. All right, we well, are we are going to give you a chance to. Do you want to do the question thing, Kat? Yes. So we we all we have started a new trend. Um, where we give you a chance to ask a question. So we each have a question. Matt has one and I have one. So you get to choose if you would like to answer Matt's question or Kat's question. (laughs) And they're totally unrelated in most cases to uh, anything in the interview. Okay. All right. So oh, you... do I get to hear the question? I get to hear the questions first, right? No, no, <laughs> yep. you, no. You oh, have to I just have to one. choose. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to call upon your powers of, you know, connection or whatever. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to ask things like, "Is a hot dog a sandwich?" or anything like that. <laughs> okay. Not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh. I guess sure. I'll 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 ask Kat. What what would your question be? <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So <laughs> I have two. I have two questions. Do you want question A or question B? Uh, let's go for A. All right. Poor Amy. So it kind of does tie into um this film. What is the craziest thing you've ever done in the name of love? <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I want to keep this PG for <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, what's the craziest thing I've ever done for love? Huh? We've had some stories, Sarah. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm <laughs> as much as I've been talking about uh, being a very um, an internal and uh, living in my own kind of world thing. So I feel like. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty, like, quiet person. <laughs> so crazy for me is not very crazy for most people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've done anything, like, insane for for love. Um, All right, Kat, let's ask her the other question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, my question B is also very interesting. I think um, if you could relive sixty seconds of your life, every day of your life for the rest of your life, so at like nine o'clock, you get to relive this sixty seconds. What sixty seconds would you choose? Oh wow. Um. I feel like again, this is going back to like being kind of tame. <laughs> I would, I think I would save my wedding, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But meaning that because for me, um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of 
young women maybe like dream about their wedding as like this fairy tale thing for for me and for my, for my partner i would say that it was very much about uh family and friends what i what i loved about getting married besides you know being with my partner <laughs> was um the opportunity to, to the the excuse, if you will, to have family and friends together and to celebrate them, honestly, for me, um, to be able to provide them with with this day of like partying and just being with each other and, and, and the energy of that. And so I, I, I really, I wish I could do that more often. Um, uh, so I think that would be my 60 seconds of repeat is, but like, probably like, um, after the ceremony, I think that would be, although I don't know, now that I think about it, like, that's a lot of partying <laughs> over and over. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Right? Uh. <laughs> that could be a new movie, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <coughs> now see, aren't you? Don't you wish you would ask my or ask for me for uh, my question? Because <laughs> it would have been way easier. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kat. Anything else before we let Amy go? I I really enjoyed this interview. I want to thank you so much for coming and talking with us and telling us your backstory and about you know all that went into in a New York minute. It's a fascinating fascinating movie that I hope everyone's going to check out on May the third. Me too. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Alright. Thank you so much, Amy. And on that note we will end this podcast and we will talk to y'all soon. Take care. Okay. Alright, take care. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at IWritePlays at Outlook.com or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>